on this inning, I mean episode of the AIE podcast. Nomads roam into Minecraft. Baseball. I mean, Wild Patch 6.1 is dropping Tuesday. Real life meetups, and they're not at spring training games. Aww. Expansions <laughs> to spend your text return on. Hoots and Turbo are here to talk to us all about AIE in EVE. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Welcome to episode number 226 of the podcast celebrating the Aaliyah Ayakta Est gaming community. This is Tetsemi. There are two outs. It's the bottom of the ninth. Oh, wait, wrong podcast. Wait a minute. With me, as always, is Makala. Hey, guys. There's um, some homemade Cracker Jacks in the Guild Kitchen. Thank you for continuing the show theme. And we're split squad this week, so sadly, Eludra will not be joining us. This week, we are joined by special guests Hoots and Turbo, who are here to talk to us about AIE in EVE. Welcome. Hey, guys. I successfully found the mute button, and I want to apologize for all of you listening to the live stream. Um, I don't have a camera set up right now, so you get to see a picture of an angry owl, although maybe that's even better than my own face. I'm, the angry- I'm not quite certain. The Angry Owl is actually epic, so it, it works. It, some people fear the great Hooten von Putin. <laughs> <laughs> is that the face you use when you have to talk to people about their activities in EVE? Uh, it's, that's either the face I use. It's either that or if you want to be slightly offensive, it's like a stylized picture of Mussolini um, because I make the trains run on right. time. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I guess, me. Offensive and historical. I like it. So, Makala, what have you been up to in or out of game? So, we had a great night Thursday rating in WoW, which is really good because sometimes we just bang our head against the wall. And we, um, gosh, what all do we down? We got through the first wing. Brackenspore, Tectus, no problem at all. Um, I can't think of the next boss. What's the next boss? So we got we got core, uh, black not black hand not black hand wrong one. We get the first five bosses. Yeah, we did twins. We got twins. Twins, yeah. twins Ogron, Tectus, Cargath, and. There's another boss. There is. Anyway, we had a good night. Um, nothing personally, I think, dropped for either of us loot-wise. But some nights when people are get other people are getting loot and the team is meshing and it's all going great, who cares? So you don't get gear. Um, that was the extent of my experience in WoW. Um, been spending a little bit of time um, at the hospital with our friends Alakaz and Leontine with their uh, brand new beautiful baby daughter, who should be hopefully coming home soon. Um, played some D&D, maybe having a conversation with my cleric tomorrow about why I did something. Thanks so much. 
um, and cooked a lot of food. Hey, Ted, what have you been doing in game or in real life? Oh, about, <clears throat> about the same. We, like I said, you don't we cook. Got, <laughs> <laughs> I do cook. I made food last night. It was in True. an oven and it was pretty packaged, but I made food. <laughs> anyway, we yeah, we got the, the first five bosses down on normal. And then we did Heroic Kargath. And so tonight we're going to go work on uh, Koreg. And once we get him down, we're going to peek at the um, Blackrock Foundry and take a look at Gruul and Orgorger because those fights just look fun. Um, so I should watch some videos between dinner and raid? Yeah, while you're boiling the noodles for the lasagna that you're going to make for the D&D dinner tomorrow, you watch the Fat Boss videos, yeah. Yes, sir. As someone who does no raiding in World of Warcraft ever, don't watch the videos. Just go right in. Just YOLO it. You'll be fine. Everything. What could possibly go wrong, right? All right. I'm married to one of the raid leaders. The guy next to me. So I probably should do my homework. If not, he'll tell the other two on me. Also, when you say everything is fine, what can possibly go wrong? That means everything is going to go wrong. I know this from experience. It's her trigger. Everything is fine. No, it's not. It's never fine. We digress. So, guys, what have us, what's been going on with the two of you in and out of game? Hoots, what are you doing? Well, okay, so so I have a tale to Ooh. tell. Um, my tale involves on last week, Sunday night, I was recording uh, a wonderful analysis show of the Capstable podcast, and we were analyzing uh, Space Congress, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, and mid-recording, maybe, I, I, do, I don't remember if you were there at Turbo, but about a maybe halfway to two-thirds of the way through the recording, all of a sudden my computer just did a cold power down. And then there was, there was at the same time, like I thought I saw out of the corner of like my eye, a spark just like coming from the power supply. And then there was like, you know, the smell of burning and then a very small amount of smoke. Um, So I've been in no computer land for all of about up up for like a week. It like the power supply is just dead and it it took the motherboard and the CPU with it. So it was it was an adventure going. I'm the director of of Eve Online in uh, for AIE and Eve. And oh, my God, I can't be in game so you're in we, geek hell basically well yeah and what we got to do is we got to exercise or do a stress test of the what happens if hoots gets his hit by a bus protocol and i want to take this time and say thank you to pretty much everyone that stepped up and kind of did the annoying tower oriented tasks in eve that i uh I'm usually responsible for. Uh, it was really great to see everyone kind of step up and uh, and help out because that was that was pretty terrible. Um, but but no, other than that, uh, yeah, I haven't been playing games because I literally <sighs> just put the uh, the CPU in my uh, my new PC uh, last night, and I'm finally up and up and running again. Good. Okay. So back to having fun and Eve and every other game soon, too. That's miserable. So, Turbo, your computer's working, right? Uh, somewhat. Um, I actually have to start my computer up, let it start to get warm, 
and manually spin up the CPU fan until it takes off because the bearings went out in it. Oh I've ordered a new gosh. one, but um, once it gets hot, the bearing works perfectly fine. It just it's right now it's a little bit slow to start. But uh, lately, I've been playing um, uh, the Minecraft on the Ticket server with the Nomads. Oh, great! And been trying to help with Hoots' little empire. Um, it's a whole lot to do. I'm trying to make sure that people have stuff to get out and blow up every night and make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to and not getting into trouble. Oh, wow. That's, that's, um, I would imagine with a game as extensive as Eve, that's quite a bit of work. Not, it's not quite as hard as you'd think. Okay. Just, you okay. have to sometimes threaten people with, um, threaten people at gunpoint to stop acting out and start doing what they're supposed to. So business as usual. Yeah. Awesome. Gunboat diplomacy. Hey, you know, I think in a game like Eve, where it, you know we know that we don't have that family-friendly tag, um, we can get away with that sometimes. We're really trying to break that. Uh, we try to keep it somewhat family-friendly. Awesome. Um, especially in our stuff, but in uh, we can't control brave comms or anything no. that happens on with the alliance. So we try to we try to police everything that we can for us, but lead by, lead by example. Yeah. Awesome. Keep it and, you know, I do want to take a minor correction um, as far as, and this is actually just backing up a little bit. I've been thinking about, you know, how miserable it's been in, in air quotes without a computer. It's been like so miserable, like that I got a whole bunch of cleaning done. Uh, like, you know, I read a book. <gasps> I would have... Oh. I, I would have gone outside, except unfortunately it's like negative ten degrees Fahrenheit where I live. So no. I've, I haven't really gone outside. But like, I if wouldn't. it was summer, I it very well might be possible that I might have not come back, and that it might have been like just too good, and it would have been like, well, there's the outdoors here. Who needs video games now? Hey, you know, talking awesome. to family. Oh, all of that was just so terrible. It's good just to be the back. whole idea of sitting down and actually reading a book sounds brilliant anymore i have time for maybe a graphic novel or two here and there but that's about it awesome so um anything else to share in real life guys no yeah that's really about it for me too okay so we're gonna go ahead and get delve into deep shortly but first are we ready to cover this week's news aie news All right, guys, just a heads up. Please watch out for some downtime on the AIE website this weekend as we prepare to unveil the new look on Saturday, March 28th. Each game in AIE will have its own landing page with more specific information for that game and the AIE activity games in it. And congratulations to the wonderful mistress of RP and WoW herself, Ironclawed, also known as Iron Tribe for her many, many alts. She is our new Guildy of the Month. Iron is a steadfast cheerleader of AIE and the New Braid. She always encourages RP in both the forums and with her Thursday night RP in-game. Um, she's currently actually having computer issues herself, so she's not been in this game as much as she likes. Um, if you want to nominate a member of AIE in 
any of our games, email gotm at aie-guild.org. And speaking of the AIE community, Shimmer Shimmer Edge. Wow. Shimmer Edge. Hard. Shimmer Edge. One of our great guildies who calls Australia home will be in the U.S. and visiting AIE members in late February through mid-March. And because we're always looking for an excuse to hold a meetup, the Phoenix crew has a meetup planned on Wednesday the 4th at 6.30 at Chino Bandito's. Come join us for Jade Red Chicken and Snickerdoodles and give Shimmer a big hug. More information can be found on the forums. And also on our meetup.com site. And if you've not ever used it, go ahead and make sure you sign up. We pay for it every year. In fact, we take donations for it. It's a great source to um, organize meetups, figure out who's near you, hang out with people. Just do it, people. All right. In WoW, um, patch 6.1 and is dropping Tuesday. Hey, isn't that when spring training starts? Uh, pictures and catches are reported. Thank you. All right. Um, a lot of great information on the forums, of course. Um, some things that are going to be included is new legendary followers, new races at the Dark Moon Fair, new character models, including, you know, Blood Elves, uh, Twitter integration, heirloom collection tabs, yay, garrison UI, um, garrison stuff, including UI tweaks, platinum invasion rewards, NPC daily quests, which are different between garrisons. So visit your friend's garrison to get more quests. Oh, can we raid Rose Garrison again? Oh, yeah, because he is planning on going up to the Batani area and getting an invasion, and you can actually call a world boss and get a 40-man raid in your own garrison and have a world boss raid all to yourself. Oh, brilliant. All right, so also with the garrison stuff, it's going to contain new followers, outposts, co- um, cosmetic transformations, toy effects, better flat path plight. Uh, flight paths. Wow, words are hard. Who had 18 minutes into the podcast? Macaulay can't speak. Um, and evidently, colorblind support. Um, I know you played around with that a little bit, Ted. How does that work? Does it seem like it's going to be effective? Yeah, it, it's much better. It, it emphasizes the colors that the colorblind folks are, are people that are color deficient in certainly certain colors. Um, you know, it improves those colors. So you actually will know that the horde is red and the alliance is blue. Awesome. Um, accounts with inactive subscriptions are now able to log in with the same restrictions that starter edition accounts have, and as well as additional perks of being able to join guilds that characters on the account are already a member of. Um, also in patch 6.1, you're going to be able to trade up to level 670 ethereal waist, head, legs, hands, wrist, back, and and rings um, using Apex um, Apexis crystals. Wow. Also, um, in case you're not familiar, there are lots of different ways to get Apexis crystals. And with the patch, are introducing even more in the form of follower missions, purchasable um, scouting missives, which will be available at 200 re- garrison resources each. These missives can be also purchased um, in your garrison and will unlock additional Apexis Crystal dailies. We have a ton, there's a ton of patch notes available on Battle.net. There's the link in the show notes. Also, WoW had, has a great guide on gathering and spending Apexis Crystals. Um, also, 
Speaking of WoW, in the forums, a previous Guildie of the Month, the wonderful Sparrow, is doing some research um, around PvP, why people do PvP. There's a link in the show notes on the forums as well. Um, go ahead and click that link to help him with the research. And in Star Wars The Old Republic, just a heads up, Emperor Palpatine should be returning to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Look busy. Look busy. Look busy. Yeah, exactly. Episode podcast, escape podcast, episode 78, not easy to say, is out. This week, AIE SEMA, Max the Gray, and Astromech EPC78 talk about in-game events. They give some history of events that have come and gone, a review of current events, and a discussion of preparation and rewards. They also cover their favorites and things they would do or change in the future. All this and news for the week from SWOTOR in general and AIE are on the forums. Uh, Stay up to date with the forum discussion as well on the podcast itself. All right. In Lotro, our very own Ludra, is that why we're split squad tonight? She's in, she's in Lotro, I'm pretty sure. Um, she returned to Lotro, and she started a great discussion on what a returning character can do, has access to, etc. Take a look on the forums, or if you're in Lotro, keep an eye for Eludra. She'll be the one digging in the dirt. And in Star Trek Online, there's the first-time buyer's pack. Any captain knows that when a deal comes your way, it's best to act on it. Star Trek Online is pleased to announce that Ferengi merchants are adding an extra incentive for any user. For any captain, their first purchase of Zen for Star Trek Online through the ARC game webpage or the ARC client allows them to claim one new first-time buyer pack in the promotion section of the C-Store. Currently, there's a 15% bonus to Zen, so captains should definitely take advantage of this opportunity. And in Final Fantasy, um, the Heavensward Standard Edition is available for pre-order. There's no release that yet, but a Square Enix has an approximate date of Spring 2015. Here's what to expect with this new X-Pack. Increased levels up to 60. Dark Knight Tank. Oh, Dark Knight Tank. Not Batman, I apologize. Wields a two-handed greatsword and the power of darkness to deal damage to the foes. Astral Legion is a healer, taps the power of the stars to cast uh, potent healing magics while drawing upon energies from constellation-based divining cards that support your party. Yes, if I played this game, that's what I would play. That sounds amazing. Um, Mechanus, which is a DPS, deals damage from a par um, using a combination of firearms enhanced with various attachments and mechanical turrets deployed on the battlefield. Included in this expansion pack is a new race um, called the Aura, a new city-state Ishgard, a new primal Bismarck and um, new primals Bismarck and Ravana, and flying mounts. Um, I know we actually had folks from Final Fantasy on a while back. I want to say it was around two twenty-one. So to get more information on what's coming there, go ahead and listen to that podcast. I'm, I might be wrong on the number. I apologize. And nomads. Nomads like to roam, and this week they are roaming into Minecraft. They've set up a Tacket server, uh, and their tweet, AIE Nomads, um, linked to the wiki for the AIE Guild with the information on how to join their Tacket server. And with that, let's get back to Hoots and Turbo and find out everything that's going on upon, going on in Eve. And I mean everything. Woohoo! Let's learn all about Eve. 
All right. Well, you know what? I think we'll begin uh, with actually kind of a little bit of a narrower picture and just focus on our end of the woods. Uh, Turbo, what have you been up to with this Tuesday night ratting fate fleet? Apparently, it's not only on Tuesdays now. Yeah, we've been trying to have... we. We've had a few new people come in that are really friendly and uh, really good at what they're doing. So they've been um, setting up the defense fleet for our home system of GJO every night now. And um, uh, on nights that we have um, the mining ops every Wednesday, we actually provide um, p- protection for them and the other miners that are in system uh Tuesday nights, though, has been kind of a busy night because that's usually patch night. So most people try to get in and get catch up on anything that might have changed. Um, but Argus, uh, one of the new guys, he has decided that he is going to start baiting people out by getting a, a slightly expensive ship and making it the strongest tank ship that he can so that we're all waiting to pounce as soon as somebody tries to attack him and pretty much doing a whole lot of that and trying to do play fast response to anybody that's calling out for help for right now. Now, now let's actually back up a little bit. Uh, baiting. I think that's that's a term that, that we kind of bandy about uh, because we all in like the Eve universe know exactly what that means. Uh, but do you want to explain just for uh, uh, kind of the people out there who don't play Eve, in an Eve context, what is baiting and how does exactly. it work? And ratting. Uh, that, that term kind of is used in other games, but why don't you go ahead and explain both ratting and bait fleet? Well, ratting is pretty simple. It's, um, it's kind of like raiding a little bit, where you'll get a group of friends together and then you go to a room of um, it's a, an anomaly, which would be similar to a dungeon. Um, although they're out in the um, open world, like you, uh, like you'd see in old EverQuest, um, everybody gets to that. And they just start killing all the uh, enemy NPCs, which can get you quite a bit of money. And you can salvage all those ships and turn them into stuff to build other things with, which will also get you money. So you can you can make a fair bit of money doing that. Um, so ratting is what we just re- return. Uh, we refer to rats as the NPCs that will attack you like a like if you just uh, see a mob out in World of Warcraft or whatever. So whenever somebody says ratting in Eve, it's always, okay, there's an NPC mob to kill or run from because there's gotcha. new one that will evidently one-shot uh, capitals. So, yeah, you don't play with those. Wait, um, one-shot a capital ship? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. It was a new new feature that was introduced. Um, say, but that sounds a little OP. A, a little bit. So baiting, and actually, I'll I'll go in there. Baiting is when you you as a player pick a ship, a ship that would look like a really attractive target to kill for another player. 
um, either because it's really weak and defenseless or because it looks like it would be really expensive. And then what you do is you fit it up and basically equip it in such a way that it's really difficult to kill. And then you have all of your friends in the same, like, voice chat as you, and you just kind of wait as if you're fishing. And you wait, and you wait for an enemy player to bite and to attack. And then all of your friends swarm and kill basically the uh, the enemy player that's come and uh, taken the bait. And it's one of my most favorite uh, activities in EVE. Yeah, you kind of just pretend like you're being stupid or lazy or just Or you've got unknowing. an in a yeah. zone. Like, oh, hey, I'll just walk away from this. I'll be safe. Um, I'm not anywhere near where most people would look. And then they warp to you, start attacking you, and the person just sitting there absorbing the damage while all your friends are coming to rescue and attack them. So the the question is, you set up the bait, but how many times have you been counterbaited where they send in one ship and go, wait a minute, that looks suspicious. We're going to expose everyone to attack them. And then when you guys jump them, they jump you. Uh. Usually we can overwhelm them with numbers because um, we have all of Brave, and that's I think they're over ten thousand people now. So we can get if we get like a really big group come in somewhere, we're two jumps away from the main staging system, and we can usually get a pretty serious defense fleet to come to the rescue if it's something worthwhile. There, there is sometimes defense fleet in our main staging, and the alliance main staging is a little pokey, though. And I do have a story regarding that that I'll tell quickly. Um, there was Mardok. He's one of the uh, corp mates. And myself, we set up what's called a gate camp on one of the gates. And what that is, is you sit on a gate in EVE Online, which connects one star system to another, and you just kind of wait on that gate, waiting for people to jump through, and then you ambush them, because you're kind of a jerk, and it's a real fun thing to do. Um, so Mardok and I were doing that, and all of a sudden, we were sitting on this gate, and we saw a, this ship called a carrier appear on grid. And a carrier is what's called a capital ship. It's a big, big ship that costs a lot of in-game currency to build, and it's not something that you see every day just wandering along to a gate. And Mardok and I are just kind of sitting there for a couple of seconds saying, what's going on here? It's a trap. is, Is this a trap? And well, we were like, okay, I guess let's aggress the carrier and let's attack it. And there are a couple of mechanics that if you attack something, you can't jump through a gate right away. Um, and as it turned out, the carrier, this was very shortly after some mechanic changes to carriers, too, that allowed them to jump through gates, formerly for a bunch of reasons they weren't able to, and they traveled a different way. But long story short, we were two jumps out from our main alliance staging, uh, you know, home of 10,000 brave newbies. And this carrier jumps through the gate after we attack it, and we're like, well, we should get people from next door to help out. And 
And unfortunately, sometimes the alliance is a little too pokey. And our carrier, which just happened to be going along its merry way, d- like completely got away unmolested because <sighs> and, and there's still uh, the big fish got away. It oh did. My so That's every awful. now and then, sometimes the alliance is a little too pokey, and sometimes you get countermanded. Absolutely, but but that's all the fun. That is absolutely all the fun of Eve. Right. Oh yeah, I mean that that's half the fun. If it was you setting up the ambush all the time and succeeding, then where's the danger, right? It's, that it's is the paranoia. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's the paranoia. It's the intrigue. It's the hey, we just got played. All of it. Yeah, we actually uh, think Brave uh, probably two months ago counterbaited a um a. Uh, Really, really expensive is a hundred and fifty billion esque Titan out. Um, oh my god! This, this Titan owner had been known for doing drive bys. Like he would sign his Titan in and Doomsday something just because Willie had a Titan and. And just to explain all of that really quick, basically, so the Titan is the biggest class of ship in the game. It has a weapon called called a Doomsday, which is as aggressive as it sounds. You fire it once, and it it kills basically another giant ship that uh, that it's targeting. And you're right, this this Titan jumped into system and kind of flew by, or we call it drive a drive by affectionately. Mm-hmm. And attempted to kill this uh, this other ship, and unfortunately, the ship that it tried to kill, we knew it was coming. We had it appropriately equipped. It survived the doomsday, and we managed to trap and kill the Titan. It was pretty incredible. That sounds amazingly epic. Oh my gosh! We were able yeah, to actually like, get. Like... Um, we were able to actually get a person that had played the game for only two days. In on that kill, like he. Oh, so he's on the kill board. That's amazing. Yeah, he's green for the entire career of Eve, unless he starts flying Titans. That's amazing. I mean, that's like that's like setting up a dragon kill. You know, it's like you bait him in. The dragon goes, "Oh, this will be easy. I'll just kill it." And then all of a sudden, why am I in the ground? Why are they poking me? How come I'm dying? Yeah, that sounds amazing. So there is, since we've last been on the show, uh, to kind of move away from AIEU news a little bit, just EVE news in general, there was a trailer that came out, and it got a lot of news in the kind of just the general gaming press. It was called the This Is EVE trailer, and it came out late November of last year. If you haven't seen it, stop listening. If you're if you're watching live, stay with us. But if you're listening, stop now and go watch that trailer because it's it's amazing. There's a censored version and an uncensored version. The uncensored version has some naughty words, so be aware there. Don't listen with kids around or uh, at work. Um, And it's an amazing trailer, and it really encapsulates, um, just to kind of give a quick summary, uh, the developers of EVE, CCP, took a bunch of player comms samples and made a trailer out of it. And it's really well executed and it's probably one of the best gaming trailers I've, I've seen in a good long while. And we got after that trailer, a really large influx um, of new players, in not only in AIE, but just across the game. And we realized, everyone at the same time, the players realized, CCP realized, that EVE 
A, in addition to being a sometimes unfriendly game, just isn't that great at teaching new players how to play the game. So two days ago, one of the developers, uh, his name and, and his handle is CCP Rise. He announced in a new dev blog that in the next come uh, in the next uh, one or two release cycles, uh, there's this complete overvamp revamp of how the tutorial system in Eve is working, and it's called the Opportunity System. And Turbo, have you gotten a chance to look at that? Yeah, I've been looking at it a little bit, and they're actually doing a pretty good job at completely revamp- revamping the NPE, which it, for the longest time has been kind of kind of bad. Like you go into it, and they don't really teach you anything about. And the NPE, to be clear, is the new player experience, right? Yeah. Which is then yeah. that's just kind of what we call the uh, the beginning, like couple of hours in Eve Online. Yeah, because I, I remember when you go through that, and it's been a couple, it, it's been a few months since I did it, but it was basically, here's how you set up your, not even set up your overlay, but he, here's where everything is on the on your UI, here's how you dock at a station, here's how you find an agent, okay, go to this next station, you're going to have to jump to that you know next station and, and talk to this person in that station, but even that level from somebody coming coming brand new to video games or even coming from a, a more I don't want to use the term sheltered but a, a more um, less of a sandbox MMO um, you know like WoW or like SWOTOR or some of those other games it, you can get lost really fast yeah, and and the thing about this opportunities system, and they're they're kind of playing around with it on the test server right now, which anyone who has an Active Eve subscription can can go check out and provide feedback on. It's it's definitely less of a structured tutorial system, and it's almost like an achievement system in say maybe like Xbox Live or World of Warcraft achievements. Is they pick up like a thing you can do in Eve, and then they break it down into very focused steps. So like the, the let's be a miner opportunity, it starts out with, uh, well, hey, you want to be a miner, so here's how you go find an asteroid. And then once you've found an asteroid, here's how you target an asteroid. Here's how you mine from the asteroid. Here's what you do with the ore once you have the ore. And it breaks it down into a really neat and really concise checklist that is a lot less overwhelming than just an immediate vomit of words at your screen. And I, I'm really excited about this revamp. And I actually added in a link um, that is a it's a thing that I started about three weeks ago. It's called the Eve Flat Academy. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are going down and breaking down everything you'd want to know about Eve in these short little sets of videos. And you can they explain what you're doing. You they kind of just give you a a pretty good just rundown of every little thing you can do, what you would like to do, and it's just a good way, a good place for anybody to start if they just even want to learn a little bit about Eve. Very cool. I have to have to look at that because I, I want to. 
I want, I want to get my uh, my pilot back in, back in the game because even if it's just to you know fly around and do salvage or, or join in the mining things, you know, it, I I had a lot of fun in the game, but like you said, unless you're involved in the corp, and it sounds like the corp is very active, um, the the single player of what do I do can be kind of overwhelming. So Eve. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Eve is a pretty lousy single-player game. Mm-hmm. And and people who play people who play solo, there are people that play solo, and there absolutely are people that enjoy Eve for the solo experience. But to be totally honest, I would not be playing Eve if I was not playing in an alliance and with a corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think, for me personally, the, like, the solo stuff available in Eve is that compelling. Eve, for a lot of us, is really compelling when you're working towards a goal with a group of people. And and that's kind of the one big caveat I'll kind of throw out there to people that are looking to play Eve. It is definitely in in all aspects a massively multiplayer game. It is a social game. Yeah, it's probably one of the most social games, social MMOs you can play right now. They're, aside from us having the little option that. Um, World of Warcraft has to be able to tweet inside the game. There's pretty much just there's everybody's got communities and the little communities are what drive the game at this point. And it yeah. really shows that we're some on the high days I think we're at like forty forty four thousand people online at one time. Oh wow. And that's that's on one server. And again, remember everyone that's in the lives. collective, right? Sorry, that that's in the Brave Collective, the forty-four thousand, right? Well, the, uh, no, the Brave Collective population. Uh, no, that's the the single shard um, of concurrent users. I think it hovers anywhere from forty-four to fifty thousand. Um, I've seen as high as sixty thousand individuals on the on the same server at the same time. Um, Brave Collective, I think, hovers at around. 10,000 to 15,000 characters, um, and again, give or take, some of those are less active than others, and a lot of those are, are repeats. Um, but oh yeah, since we've last uh, been on, we're now the largest, are a member of the largest alliance in the game. We have beaten Goon Swarm Federation, so take that, Goons. <laughs> nice. Uh, the only other thing I really wanted to go over is it's been uh, at least a couple of months since we've been on, and there were... So Eve switched last year from a two expansions a year release cycle to a six-week release cycle. So every six weeks, new features are pushed to the live servers, and that's been kind of a really radical departure on how new features and things are introduced to Eve. So it means a lot of content and a lot of quick changes much more quickly than you saw before. And I I highlighted a couple of the releases and uh, kind of a couple of the features from each, each releases. We don't need to go through them all, but one of the big ones, if you hadn't heard and you had been playing the game, once upon a time, uh, you'll remember this thing called skill clones, where if you have your pool of skill points and it was a confusing system where you had to make certain the medical clone that you had could contain the number of skill points 
that you could hold and math is hard and if you messed up and didn't, you would lose skill points when you died. That's gone. Right. You, oh, good. You okay, so now if you die, you you can still lose skill points, but it's not because you didn't have the clone up to snuff, right? Exactly. Your your clone does not matter regarding skill points anymore. You can still lose skill points under a couple select circumstances. Like if you lose a specific really expensive ship, you can lose skill points. But other than that, skill point loss has been pretty much eliminated from the game. And that's oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's been just this huge quality of life. Um what else? When did Infinite Skill Queue when was that introduced, Turbo? That was... You mean you're no longer limited to 10 days? You're no longer... It was one day. Um, and now... Oh, that's right, it was one day. Yeah, so that's gone. Um, you're now limited... There is a limit. It's not unlimited skill queue, but it's 150 skills or 10 years, I uh, think. 500 days. 500 days, okay. I'm no, a liar. Is it... It might be five years. Okay, a it's really long period crazy. of time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's been great. It means I'll never log into the game again. No, I'm right. just joking. But it's <laughs> that's that's been a great quality of life improvement. So, and a lot of those little things have been happening, especially in just the past couple of months. We've seen skill clones go away. The infinite or wide, like, much larger skill queue being used. Um, There was, it looks a lot prettier now, too. And Eve always looks a lot prettier. Um, Kind of the the developers are constantly introducing kind of new graphical tweaks. And in one of the the, the expansions, they released a new system called physically-based rendering. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it lets me say the really lame joke, Eve looks better with PBR. There you go. Absolute ribbon. Wow. Nice. So I, I have a question about the, the skill cues. Is it still the fact that you can only have the skill cube running on your active pilot? Yes, and yes. You can, if you pay CCP the developer money, unlock additional skill skill cues. Um, but that is an extra monies that you must pay for. Um, by default, you can only have the one character active. Can you use Plex to pay for that extra skill queue? Why, you absolutely yeah. can. Ooh. So if you're good at making money in-game and can trade the money in-game, the ISK, for Plex, then you could run multiple pilots. Got it. So the more you play, the more you make. But got it. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I've actually got one. I've actually got one pilot that I started doing that with. I, I make enough money to be able to afford to have him keep training while I've got the other guys training too. And I guess the only, the only other thing I want to talk about is in the most recent release from last week, Tiamat. It was a smaller release. But these these new rats, um, which are short for pirates, I don't think we actually explained that, uh, were a release called Drifters. And Drifters are a new super pirate or super rat that if you if you fire at them, they're not aggressive, so they don't actually seek you out, and they don't do anything unless you attack them. But if you attack them, they apparently have like a super weapon that destroys capital ships in one blow. 
Yeah, so they have the doomsday version for the NPCs. Exactly. It's it's Perfect. pretty. It was pretty great. And and actually, uh, there's been this whole story arc in over the past couple of months over uh, this. So this is kind of a, a little known fact in Eve about the skybox uh, in quotation marks in Eve is the stars in the background when you're in space represent systems that you can travel to. And one of the stars a couple of months ago went supernova and was seen kind of across the entire Eve cluster. And CCP, the developer, they've released a series of videos detailing uh, actual player exploits in kind of piecing together what this star and what this supernova has kind of meant for the wider EVE universe. And the latest video details these new uh, drifter NPCs and how they killed a player's capital ship just in one fell swoop. And uh, one thing to add to that is um, everybody in EVE kind of knows that you shouldn't be able to see this. The, um, you shouldn't be able to see the the sun go supernova uh, from anywhere in space. You mm-hmm. should only be able to see it right. in relative terms, like if you're close to it. But it happened simultaneously across all of Eve. So it was it went supernova because of something special that we don't understand yet, and that that's part of the uh, the lore. Like something's happened. And it created a whole bunch of new wormholes that we actually got, um, I think, in the Proteus release. Uh, where well, No, it was the Ray release, just Shattered Wormholes with Thera. And those wormholes, the, the, cat, the cataclysm that happened in Thera that caused them to have all the issues that they're having now in that wormhole is directly tied to this one sun going supernova and some people are saying that it might, might've been a, um, a, a Dyson sphere. They were trying to harvest a sun, but, um, we we haven't figured that out yet. It's going to play out this year of just all this crazy little lore that they're trying to do. Yeah. They've been doing, I think, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I I was just going to say that that does highlight the point for people that think it's just a, a PVP sandbox that there actually is um, a storyline that you can follow in there as well as, you know, the other things you can do in the game. But there is, there is a definite story thread interwoven in the game and they seem to be accelerating that storytelling. Actually, yeah, they've been doing an uncharacteristically good job at storytelling. CCP in the past, I wouldn't, peg as someone really great at storytelling in their MMO, but these past couple of months uh, CCP's just been knocking it out of the park as far as storytelling and lore, lore is concerned, and we're, we're really, really excited to kind of see that development. The only other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up Eve News, um, mm-hmm. I should talk about Space Congress. Um, I'll talk about Space Congress. Cap Stable is it is a podcast that Turbo and I are affiliated with. We uh, we cover all things related to mm-hmm. Eve Online that matter, and some things that don't. But uh, over the past couple of months, since January, we've been doing interviews for what's called the Council of Stellar Management. And very briefly, the Council of Stellar Management is a group of players that are elected by the player group to serve as representatives to CCP. And they were formed after this big scandal um, that involved the company 
employees in the company giving um, basically great huge advantages to players in the game and yeah after that scandal uh the company went well a we're going to develop like an internal affairs department so that this stuff doesn't happen again but Mm -hmm. b we're also going to like allow for this council of player representatives to exist and each council kind of determines its own agenda some are more focus groups than others some are more wartime groups than others that want to ask certain things from the developer but each each group kind of sets its own tone and elections are coming up and this year there are 76 candidates for 14 seats yeah and that's impressive it's it's great and it's wonderful and we tried to interview in the 30 minute interviews as many of those candidates as possible and i stew Lank Theris and Bach from from AIU and from the just the community. You guys are the heroes this year. I'm fairly certain Lank's wife is going to murder him. Um, same goes yeah. for Bach and Stu. I don't think he's gotten sleep since December. So, oh, like wow. a big shout out to to kind of the three of you um, and just everyone that's been involved with the podcast. Uh, Capstable.net slash CSMX for more details. Oh, that is impressive. That is really cool. So any other Eve news to share with us tonight, guys? Uh, you know what? That is, that's about it that, that I have. Turbo, do you have anything else? Uh, I can't really think of anything um, other than uh we're trying to get a um, AIEU specific um, referral link to allow. Right now, anybody in Eve, if you just go onto the uh, Microsoft forums and ask, we can get you a referral code for 21 day trial. And um, if you end up um, paying for uh, a, a month of subscription, they are. Uh, that you actually get it gives us a plex and right now we're giving the plex back to the players um we're also going to try and get it one where it it gives a plex to the corp i guess or Mm -hmm. gives back to the corp so that we can just kind of help the corp out some uh with that and it it allows us to it allows us to get people in and help out the corp a lot as far as what we're doing Right. So just a quick question. Uh, you guys do have Umami, right? You guys are utilizing Umami for new members? Yes, we absolutely are. The process is pretty much identical, except you do need what's called an API key. Um, there are directions on the AIE wiki for how to make that API key, um, or otherwise actually in the Umami app itself, there is a generate API key button that you can press that'll do all the work for you. Um, and that's it. You just have to enter that in to verify that your character is an actual Eve character. Um, but other than that, yes, we utilize the Umami process. And if you are interested in joining Ilya Iakta S Universal, you will want to go to umami. Oh dear. Dot AIE Tech Universal. Dot net. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for that. Do me a favor. Throw that in the show notes so we've got it up there. 
and we'll, and we'll make sure it gets out on the the website when we post the uh, the the show notes because I, I know we've got some people that are interested in joining it. All right, so last week um, we instituted something brand new. It's the question of the week. Last week's question was, what brought you to AIE? Here are the great guilty answers that we received during the week. Ted, you want to get us start us out? I think you're muted. Yeah, I think I'm muted. Sorry about that, guys. All right, let's try that again. Hey, Ted, why don't you go ahead and start those out? All right. The AIE podcast awareness, this is from Beefmaster, came from the Johnson. The idea of hundreds of nice people in a drama-less guild brought me and beefy wife home. Cesare the Healer said... Good friends brought me here. The traditional friends and family are an added bonus to end all bonuses. Heart the AIE Guild. Brewdog said the AIE podcast, listening to David Breyer and Willie Dills and Warwick talk about the guild sounded like a gaming community for me. All right. At George Wilson 3 said, went to a panel at Dragon Con and learned about the AIE Guild. Everyone was awesome, so I knew it was the place for me. The lady who I fondly call Boss AIE Shoujo, or sorry, Shoujo AIE, said uh, was an Incense fan before AIE, and our guild of the time got too dramatic during BC. I see a theme here. We moved to uh, Earthen Ring and found a new home. Oh, I don't know if I want to read the answer from this guy. Um, the B Matt, aka OMF. He was an instance fan guild, like or instance fan, like so many of us. Um, the guild died. Friends stopped playing. Moved to AIE during the Sunwell patch. And Buckeye Fitzy um, losing too many PvP battles as the original Alliance guild on Earth and Ring. <laughs> Want to go take the next few tips? Where's Kenny hashtag guy Kenya? <laughs> That's easy. Cyberwave got me hooked on frog pants, which led me to joining the AIE guild. Craither said the tadpool. And then that's also a very common, uh, the, the tadpool is also a very common answer in this. Uh, Jeannie, who is uh, Acidus, said, I was a listener of the instance. Scott kept raving about the guild. I was at a crossroads with my own, so I decided to try it. And Ask Miss Mogra said she decided to go to Nerdpecular based on the instant show. Joined AI Guild to meet the people before I went. Now, we can't get her out of here. The always hilarious Johnny Feisty said uh, probably some podcast about World of Warcraft or something. Mignette? Midnight? But it sounds like Mignette. It's Russian, right? Um, Podcasts and friends. You know, because all of CTR wasn't enough. Uh, much like Mammoth, um, sorry, much like Shoujo, Mammoth said uh, the same. Uh, prior guild did not work out right. Wanted a stable home. You know, we all know. Aye, we're stable, right? Well, we have a podcast called Cap Stable, so we've got to be stable. Right. John Martin, a.k.a. Kojak underscore 70, said, Hearing Milliway's eulogy on the instance, knew I wanted to be part of that community. At Accusad. I barely remember a time when I wasn't in AIE. 
Arlene Hunter, Blame, Smacks It In, Medicakes, Mrs. Deviant One, Her Many Names, Blame, Smexy, Yes, and Gail Bond. I came to AIE through the Extra Life slash Instance podcast influence. In WoW since 2005, her oldest AIE tune came in around 2009-ish. All right, so we have a new question of the week. What's your favorite battle cry slash phrase or raid wipe to call? Banana hammock, anybody? I'm afraid the um, fort one might not be appropriate for little ears. <laughs> so... That's our show for tonight. Um, go ahead and, by the way, tweet those questions to us um, at the AIE podcast. Um, so while our chat room began suggesting show titles, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us from EVE. It's always so awesome to hearing what we're doing out in outer space. Um, just a heads up, there's not going to be a show next week because um, we're taking the week off for real life events. No, we're not going to a spring training game. We're actually going to the Renaissance Festival. So, guys, Hoots, Turbo, how can we find you? Well, I am totally glad you asked. You can find me at AIE Hoots. Turbo, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Turbo Addiction. Also, um, if uh, I totally cut you off. My apologies, Turbo. No, it's okay. Uh, okay. I'm, I think I'm scopping out. I'm getting kind of. You can also follow the Cap Stable podcast at Cap Stable. And then if you have anything that you need from the podcast, you can absolutely email podcast at capstable.net. All right. If you have a question or comment about our show, you can email us at podcast at aie-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Aludra is at Aludra AIE. McCullough is at Cyberwave. Tetsemi is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us on our website at theaiepodcast.com. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it's time to play all of the great AIE member segments we received this week, including Ask Miss Mulgra, Mega Minute, and I think that's it. Unfortunately, yes, because I know um, at least um, Overly Dramatic had a week off for um, Chasing Storms or something. Anyway, so again, we're off next week, but we're going to return on March 8th with SOTOR. So until then, AIE, this is Makala. This is Tetsumi. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to AIE. Submissions. Ow. Sramka, and welcome to Ask Miss Bulgra, your source on matches of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is... Would it be okay for me to take my new date to see Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, my first question for you is, why would you want to do that? If this is your first date with a new special someone, 
you should probably concentrate on making a good impression. You might want to take her to a local tavern where you can have a nice meal or up to the top of the tower at Razor Hill so you can watch a beautiful sunset together. Your date will be more interested in getting to know you than in seeing the 50 grey items you are still hanging on to from your leveling days. Just remember this. If you spend your whole date at your barn talking to Farmer Locklub about the 50 grades of hay, I think your first date will turn out to be more like 50 ways to leave your lover. I am Miss Mugger, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Mulgra on Twitter or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgra.com. Welcome back to another Mega Minute with Megacode, a mini cast on all things Holy Paladin. This week I give a brief rundown on the Beast Lord Darmac encounter from the Black Rock Foundry raid. We use two tanks, four healers, and a mix of range and melee DPS. This is a multiple phase fight where you deal with Darmac's abilities while he's on foot, as well as those when he is mounted on one of his three beasts. The beast order we used was Cruel Fang, Iron Crusher, and Dreadwing. Like always, I keep beacons on both tanks, and when three holy powers up, cast eternal flames onto both tanks. This is definitely a raid damage heavy fight, so I focused most of my healing onto melee and range, while spot healing the tanks when their health dipped low. My filler spells were holy light, holy shocks, and holy prism. If somebody's health spiked too low from standing in something bad, then I'd hit them with a flash of light. As I'll point out soon, our hand spells come in really handy for this fight. So Darmac starts the fight on foot. The only main ability to be concerned with is pin down. Here he hurls a spear at a ranged player indicated by a white swirly under your feet. If you're within 25 yards you'll receive some minor physical damage. If it's under you and you don't move it'll pin you down causing moderate damage and the spear will have to be DPS down in order to free you. This is easily avoidable damage with the proper raid awareness. When Dormac reaches 85% health he'll jump onto Cruel Fang and you'll have to deal with a couple additional abilities. The main one is Rend and Tear. Here he leaps to a random rage member applying a 30 second bleed then leaps back to the tank applying that same bleed. I like to use my hand of sacrifice and hand of purity to help mitigate damage from that bleed on whichever tank it is on. Also, hand of protection will remove rend and tear so I try and save it for my fellow healers. Once Cruel Fang is DPS down, Darmac retains his rend and tear ability and it's back to fighting him on foot until he reaches 65% health at which he'll jump onto his Iron Crusher mount. Once on Iron Crusher, he'll gain a few new abilities, but the one that's certainly worth mentioning is Tantrum. This is a raid-wide ability he'll use often, causing nature damage to the raid. Have raid cooldowns like Devo and personals like Avenging Wrath ready for this ability. Once Iron Crusher is DPS down, Darmac retains his Tantrum ability and is back to fighting him on foot until he reaches 45% health, at which he'll jump onto his Dreadwing Beast. Like with his other beasts, 
who gains some new abilities. Inferno Breath is a frontal cone fire attack that applies a dispellable dot. Simply don't stand in front of the beast to avoid this attack. Conflagration is a dispellable fire debuff he throws onto random members, also causing them to be incapacitated for 6 seconds. Like I mentioned, dispellable. Once Dreadwing is DPS down, Darmac retains his Inferno Breath ability and the rest of the fight is on foot until he is killed. Since not only does he have his own abilities, but he's retained those 3 abilities from his beasts, this last phase can be pretty hectic with a lot of movement and tank and raid damage going out at the same time, but nothing a Holy Pally can't handle. It's here where I'll focus most of my attention to the tanks. So if the team stays focused and the people don't take any unnecessary damage, you'll be sure to get your kill. Good luck. If you're on Twitter, come follow me at FFPMark with a C or check out my blog page at HealingSpec.com.